0: Rosanna, a fellowship with Christians.
1: being here. we're so glad that you've chosen to worship with us this morning as we honor our fathers. We are beloved children of our heavenly Father and in Ephesians 2:10 we read, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ. Jesus in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago.
2: Gift of grace is Jesus my real.
1: tell you a little story about a cherry tree. So my husband Craig and I have lived in our home for 22 years. And we have a cherry tree in our backyard that has been there longer than us. And year after year, we have watched it grow varying, you know, a varying crop of cherries, sometimes a lot, sometimes not very many. And in recent years, the tree has started to die. So my husband, you know, has been... I won't even say pruning. I'd say chopping off parts of this tree. We, he, I think he's OK with me saying he's not really about the aesthetics of something. He's much more about the function, right? Anyway, so we don't have a lot of this tree left. It's just kind of, I would have taken a picture of it, but there was other trees in the background you wouldn't be able to really understand. It's like pretty much a straight up cherry tree. Well, this year, it is full of cherries. It has more cherries than I think we've ever had on this tree. And they're yellow cherries, which I don't think are super common when you think of cherries. But they're yellow cherries. They taste good. Uh, So, you know, all that pruning. And any gardener knows pruning and cleaning back helps things to be more fruitful and grow. So when we abide in Christ, God can clean and prune the things in us that are harmful to our spiritual growth, so that we can be fruitful just like that cherry tree. And in John 15, 1 through 5, we read, I am the true vine. And by the way, that's, Jeff was kind enough to get me cherries. He had grapes, and that was, it, had, it had to be, it had to be yellow cherries, and he worked hard to produce this. So thank you, Jeff. unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. We're going to teach you this new song, Abide. is going to come on up for some announcements.
3: Everyone? Oh, there, I think it's on. Good morning. 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 Middle of June, sunshine, Father's Day, beautiful day to celebrate, isn't it? It's good to see everybody here today. I'm Kelly, for those of you who don't know me, Children's Ministry Director and I'm glad to be here with everybody this morning. I wanted to take a minute as we, you know, s- start our announcements. We have quite a few announcements. Just to um, give you a few thoughts about Father's Day, um, and I and I found a Father's Day meditation that I'd like to share with you. And and to me, meditation and prayer run very parallel, run very closely. So I'm going to read this as a meditation, but it really it really speaks to a prayer. Um, and I think it just. Um, it just gives a lot of good thoughts on what this day is. So just just sit back and listen to this meditation on Father's Day. On this Father's Day, we recognize the vast spectrum of experience and the often complicated feelings that surround such a celebration. We honor those fathers and father figures in our lives who have loved, supported, encouraged, and instructed us, and we seek to share these gifts with others. We mourn with those who mourn the loss of a father, and fathers who mourn the loss of a child, whether separated by death or estrangement. We support those for whom this day brings pain and sorrow, who suffered abandonment, neglect, or abuse. We support and celebrate the fathers in our midst who give of themselves to their children, recognizing all the strength and wisdom and stamina and love and time and honest introspection that fatherhood requires. We support those men who chose not to have children yet who are present in loving and supporting ways to children, youth, and adults alike. And we seek to honor wherever we find ourselves today across this vast spectrum of experience and to feel the compassion that embraces us within these words. It's a vast spectrum that we experience on this day. And so to all the men, I'd like to say thank you for the guidance that you have provided in in, um, your people's lives. And um, to that end, we'd like to celebrate you, all those 18 and older, with a treat when you leave here today, a little sweet treat um, that you all deserve very much. But happy Father's Day to, to all. Um, before, thanks. Kevin's like raising the buckets because I <laughs> think he's afraid I would forget that. But steel trap up here, Kevin. <laughs> I know. Steel trap. Um, so please join me in a word of prayer before we, we take the offering. Heavenly Father, thank you for, for being a father figure and being our father and showing us um, what that love means, whether we experience that here on this earth from our humanly fathers or not. We thank you that you, uh, you model that for us. We thank you for, for the gift that you give us, for um, everything you share with us, the way you support us, encourage us, instruct us, and encourage us to share our gifts with others, and that's what we do here today. So bless these gifts Heavenly Father, and we thank you for all your many blessings. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the ushers will pass the, the plates now. a um, number of announcements here. First one is the adult class today, Parables of Jesus, will not be meeting today. So if you're involved in that class, just know that today is a week off and that will not be happening. How many of you like to eat at night and day diner and park city diner? Does anybody ever do that? Heck yeah. Oh, we getting even applause for that. That's that's pretty good. Night and Day Diner and Park City Diner. Well, did you know that if you eat at one of those places, they have a program called Sharing Our Success Program. And if you eat at one of those places, mention Hosanna at checkout, we get 10% of your check or of your bill. And that adds up. Deb was just telling me the other week, Hosanna got a check in the mail. And it's because people said, hey, I'm from Hosanna. You go and enjoy a good meal. doesn't cost you anything but a good meal. And uh, both night and day and Park City Diner give us 10%. So encouraging you to do that, it's a nice way um, to get a little something back for he- us here as a church. So um, next time you go eat there, maybe you're doing that today. I don't know. But um, at checkout or tell your cashier you're from Hosanna, and we will get a blessing from that. Um, so you know I couldn't be up here without talking about <laughs> Vacation Bible Adventure. I should say that in a deep voice. Jeff, can you do that? Vacation Bible Adventure. The way he does that.
0: Vacation Bible Adventure. There it
3: is. There it is. Thank you, Jeff. That was nice. Um, three weeks today. Three weeks today. Um, oh. When you drove in today, perhaps you saw the banner that's up. Huge shout out to Jerry Allen for putting that up. He said, well, it wasn't that big a deal. I said, it was to me because I didn't know how to put it up. So uh, I appreciated uh, him doing that. We have just about 30 kids already signed up uh, with three weeks to go. We get a lot of kids that come in the door. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. Um, A couple things I wanted to remind you that the Change for Change this month goes to our mission, which is House of His Creation. And just this week, I received an email from the director at House of His Creation, once again, thanking us for our support. We, as a Vacation Bible Adventure, are going to be actually donating um, diapers, things of that sort, physical things, and then all the financial um, Change for Change monies we get will go to them as well. So... Extra change, throw it in there, and that will go to um, House of His Creation. Um, A couple of things that we need yet, and I need your help on this because we're three weeks out. I said we all have almost three kids, three kids. Good heavens, thirty kids, thirty kids. However, I only have four people signed up to be group leaders. That's not enough. We can't, we can't have all these kids. Um, and share Jesus with them without some help. And I, th- I was thinking to myself, when I stand up here and say we need group leaders, some of you are probably like, holy heck, not me. I, wouldn't, I, don't, I can't lead. I'm not going to plan anything. So I wanted to just explain what that means. It means you have to love kids. That's essentially it. There's nothing to plan. You get a group with a partner of about um, maybe five-day kids that you take. You take them to crafts. You take them to lessons. You take them to games, and you have fun you take them with and there's nothing to plan, um, you take attendance, you have to be responsible. That's about the biggest criteria. So that rules some of you out. But for most of you, sorry, for most of you, um, we would really love to have you on board for that. So that's our biggest need right now. Uh, the second biggest need we have is some, for some food donations, okay? If you can't be here, um sherry's done a nice job putting together a list out there we need some foods to feed our volunteers and i can tell you that's a a welcome uh, point in our day when we can come in and have a good meal before we charge out with all the kids so uh, please if you can sign up for that today it helps us greatly we only have three weeks left to plan there's shopping that needs to be done so if you can do that also if you're going to be volunteering and eating with us doesn't cost you anything to eat with us but sign up so we have an idea of how many people will be eating And finally, for VBA, I need your help. Do you remember what I asked for last year for you to collect? Pringles cans. I love that because I got to eat. Somebody dropped off like a case of full Pringles, and I had to empty them all. And it was a tough job. But um, this year, it's not quite as exciting. What I need from you all are toilet paper rolls. Okay? And these toilet paper rolls are going to become hero shields. For our little children, they're gonna be really cuffs. Cuffs. Sorry, sorry, not shields, cuffs. Okay, hero cuffs. And I'm thinking as I'm looking out here, if every one of you brought in one toilet paper roll, we'd be golden. Toilet
0: paper rolls!
3: Very good. Oh, Where'd that come from? Um, so, do you, oh, I'm not even gonna repeat that. that I'm sorry, I can't repeat that. You threw me off on that one. Um, There will be a bin out at the Welcome Center. Drop it in there, okay? I think every one of you will use a roll of toilet paper this week. So um, if you could do that, we would be eternally grateful for that. Um, And if you have any questions about anything that's going on in VBA, stop me, ask me. I'm happy to tell you what it entails. uh, But we really need your help. So please, please, if it's in your heart, um, consider volunteering with us. On that, I'd like to invite Deb and Tony up.
4: Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see all of you. And it's good to be back. I was away on vacation with my son and daughter-in-law and two wonderful grandkids. And I'm told we were at the happiest place on earth. (laughs) (laughs) We were. We had a wonderful time. It was hot, a lot of people. But to look at the faces of my grandkids, priceless. And I just want to say thank you to Kelly too because I usually am here the week of Bible school and it's about the kids learning to know about Jesus and you should see their faces. It would be like the happiest place on earth for them. And you know what, I think today here at Hosanna, is a happy day today. Because we get to dedicate a beautiful, beautiful little girl with wonderful parents. (laughs) So I would like to invite Hannah and Kyle and beautiful Kenley to come forward. I know there's family here with them. Proud grandparents, if you haven't noticed, Tim and Hope Stayer. I think every time Tim comes up to do announcements, he shouts out, I'm a grandpa. Yes. Oh, come on up, Kyle. I know you guys don't like to be in the limelight.
0: But, but today you put are. put you
4: there just for a few minutes anyhow. Yes. Oh, my gosh, she's sleeping. But I get to see her. Look at her picture up there. You can see her. Hannah, I know I talked to Kyle, and I said something to Kyle, and he goes, I don't really like to talk in public. But would you mind telling us just a little bit about this beautiful little girl? Um, Yeah, she was
1: born on March 1st, and um, her name, Kenley, came from just a town in North Carolina, and Louise is after my grandma, so her great-grandma.
4: So, yeah. And Hannah hasn't been with us very long at Hosanna, um, but Kyle has been here his entire life since 1992, right? Yes, since 1992, and it's a joy to have you guys with us this morning. Tony. Tony.
0: We're going to talk to you guys, but we're also going to talk to these guys, so I'm going to stand here and kind of do both. Let's start by talking to them, but you guys listen in. In the movie Hope Floats, a movie that has a title that is particularly relevant today, given grandmother's name here, Sandra Bullock's character receives a terrible blow, and it permanently disrupts her life and the life of her children. She takes her daughter aside, who's wondering what comes next, and and Bertie, her character, tries to encourage her with some wisdom that's been passed down to her. It's the reason that the movie got its name. She says, just give hope a chance to float up, and it will, too. And many of us are here today because one way or another, hope has floated up in our spirit. We believed and trusted, sometimes despite all the evidence sometimes in the middle of the darkest moments of our life, that life could be good, that God already was, and that we could be too. Now, to be a parent, especially to become a parent in the midst of all the world's turmoil, requires that same kind of hope. Being a hopeful parent means that you're able to remember that life is beautiful, that God is incredible, and that each of us, especially a little one, is made to shine like stars in the sky. Hope does float, and today we catch it as it comes to the surface. We hold on to it, and we're passing it along to the two of you and to all of you as well. Here's a little poem that seems relevant here. Maybe raise children who love the unloved, who love the unloved things, the dandelion, the worms, the spiderlings, children who sense that the rose needs the thorn, And who run into rain-swept days the same way they turn toward the sun. And when they're grown and someone has to speak for those who have no voice, may they draw upon that wilder bond, those days of tending tender things, and be the ones.
4: Yes, may we raise children like that. Because that's what our world needs. And because we know where and from whom our hope comes. Which is where and from whom our children come. So Kyle and Hannah, your beautiful little girl is a gift from your heavenly father who loves you with undying love. Before the thought of her ever entered your mind, he already knew that she would be born to you. He already knew that you would be ideally suited to be your mom and dad. He already knew that he could trust you with this beautiful gift. So today we commend you on this courageous, delightful, and hopeful thing that you're doing here in front of your brothers and sisters, family and friends, fellow pilgrims on this journey of life. You are giving your gift back to the giver, dedicating her to the care and service of the one who loves her most. And then God, being God, and he can't help giving, God gives her back to you, yet again, with the blessings of divine wisdom, provision, and goodness. In God, you already have everything you need to do this, including hope. You really do. So, Kyle and Hannah, I have a question for you. Are you blessed by God? If so, answer, we are blessed.
0: And then Scripture encourages us to teach our children day in and day out about their forever friend, Jesus, their Savior. And that's how they can live with genuine hope, not just for the eternal life that God has offered, but for this life also. This teaching is more than words, of course. We teach our kids more by how we live than by what we say. The way that you guys love each other, the way you show the love of God to others in your life, the way you spend your money, the way you serve God and your neighbor, the way you worship, all these are going to model for Kenley what it really means to you. And we say that not to put a burden on your shoulders, but simply to invite you to be, I think, what you already want to be, intentional, committed, about what you do as you raise your beautiful daughter to be a friend of Jesus. So another question. Hannah and Kyle, are you committed to doing that today? If so, say we are committed.
4: And as Christians, we're all part of the family of God. As family members, we get to come along these parents, alongside these parents as needed and as invited. We get to be their extra brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, parents and grandparents, helping as we can to keep hope afloat in their lives. Ozanians, whether you're near or far here this morning, are you willing to be family to this family? If so, say, we are family. We are family.
0: And now, if I can, I want to talk to Kenley. There she is. I'm going to come around this side. Hi there, little girl. You really are a cutie, aren't you? Guess what? You're not going to remember today. No, but we will. And if you want us to, someday we'll tell you about this remarkable thing that your mom and dad did here today, how they loved you so much that they brought you, gave you life, brought you into this world. And they loved you so much that they were grateful to the God who gave them to you, gave you to them. (laughs) And they loved you so much. That they stood here up in front of this big crowd awkwardly <laughs> and gave you back to, to God. We trust and hope that the day is going to come when you will make those same decisions. You will give yourself back to the God who loves you that much. Okay? So if that time comes, you get a little bit older, we'll tell you all about it, okay? Because we were here and we saw it with our own two eyes. Boy, look at those eyes. You're just, just looking at me. <laughs> We are witnesses of what happened here. So, Hosannas, are you witnesses to the promises made here today? If so, say we are witnesses. We
4: are witnesses. Yes. So, I'm going to pray, but let this be your prayer, too, for Kyle and Hannah and Kenley. You are one beautiful little girl, and you were listening to Tony, weren't you? Yes, you. Oh, and now she's yawning. <laughs>
2: That's because I'm
4: talking. <laughs> Let's pray. God, thank you this beautiful family thank you for the years that kyle's been with us so dedicated to the church and all the things that he's done here and hannah so grateful to have her here with this beautiful little girl god we thank you for kenley thank you for the joy that you've brought to hannah and to kyle and to his brothers and sisters and grandmas and grandpas god we thank you for her life. We thank you that she is being raised in a home that loves you, God. She's being raised by parents who believe that hope does float and that you're helping them to raise her. God, we rejoice with this little girl getting to be a part of this family. And Lord, we pray this little girl, to grow up to be everything that you've made her to be, free of fear, free of all of the things that hinder us sometimes. God, that she would grow to be a mighty woman of the Lord. And we thank you for her. You are a very intent little girl looking and noticing, aren't you? Yes. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen.
0: Well, we'll finish this up. We love you guys. We're here for you. You know, got a couple things to give you. Here is a certificate that uh, you can remember today. And I love these things. Little, it's a fuzzy Bible. We sometimes say it's a kid's first Bible, but maybe, maybe that's not the case. I don't know. But it's a huggable Bible, and it's just really awesome. And we like to give that to you guys for Kenley. Maybe you can read from from that to her. And Kelly, are you so Kelly, still in the room here, director of KidVenture? Uh, I'd like to add her blessing.
3: If the kids can stop, one second. That's okay. I just want you kids to see our new friend in KidVenture. Okay? Kenley, we welcome you to Kid. Oh, she is looking at everybody that's talking to her. We welcome you to KidVenture. Okay? And all these friends out here, these kids... You're one of us now. Okay? Hannah and Kyle, welcome. We promise, too, as, as Kid Ventures, your children's ministry, to support both of you, to support Kenley, to teach her about Jesus, to have fun with her, and to support her in any and all ways that we can. So we're just so blessed um, that you're here with her today. And Kenley, welcome to KidVenture. Thanks,
4: Kelly. And Hosanna, let's applaud Kyle and Hannah, even in your living room. <laughs> And even if you watch this later, if you're here when the service is over, seek them out. Give them a smile. Reach out and take their hand. Whisper your support to them and show them that they're far, far from being alone in this brave, hopeful thing God has given them to do. You get to come down on them. (laughs) Yes. And as they make their way down, I invite you to watch this video.
5: Father's Day, a time to celebrate all the wonderful fathers out there, not just for being shining examples of how great a dad can be, but also for being wonderful reflections of who God is. Like God, you've provided for us. You've shown us how much you care from the very beginning. With God, you've guided us helping us navigate through every decision, big or small. You've been present. It sounds so simple, but it's so important. Just knowing you're there when we need you. You've been patient with us, helping us to grow and learn from all the mistakes we make. And like God, you forgive us us grace so those mistakes can never define us. And most of all, you've loved us unconditionally as only someone filled with God's love could. So today, we thank you, Dad, for all of this and so much more. Happy Father's Day.
6: day. And we watch videos like that, and it's it's all true, but wow, no pressure dads, right? It's like they're only showing the perfect stuff. (laughs) And as Tony shared with us on Mother's Day, the same is true on Father's Day. Parents were intended by God to be reflections of God to the children entrusted to their care. And although that's true, it's also true that no human parent has ever done that perfectly, ever. But even imperfect parents love their children and want what's best for them. So the weight of trying to be perfect can, can heavily burden parents' minds and hearts and actually rob them of the joy of simply being with their children because they're so busy worrying about what they're not doing. For their children, or how they might be messing up their children. See, there's some comfort in knowing God knew all of this from the beginning and more. Our, our Creator chose to create humanity with limitations, with what Ignatius of Loyola in the 16th century called creatureliness. We have a Creator, but we are creatures, created. And you know those God-given limitations, they're not sin. God blessed us, right? And he called us mead tov. We've been talking about this all year long. He's called very good. We are very good even with those limitations. And even more, our God-given limitations are actually great gifts of grace, clearly conveying to us each and every day that God is God and we are not. And accepting that reality offers us such freedom. Because God is omnipotent. God's able to do all things. We don't have to fall for the lie that we have to be. Because God is omniscient, knows all things. We don't have to fall into the deception that we're supposed to be. And also because God is omnipresent, Everywhere, at the same time, we don't have to fall over from exhaustion trying to be. What a relief. God alone is perfect and never expected any of us to be. This is such good news for every one of us and for every parent, and today especially for every father. We can let ourselves take a big sigh of relief, and I'd say, yes, let's do that now. Let's take a big sigh of relief. Just exhale. Let go of the pressure that we put on each other and we put on ourselves to be perfect. See, we really can release the burden of thinking, we have to be God. And we get to rest In that reality that we get to be, not have to be God, we get to be reflections of God. We can relax as people and parents because we're not alone. The spirit of God within continues to parent us, even as we continue to parent our children, no matter how old (laughs) or young our children may be. See, this morning, no matter how confused or inadequate you may be feeling, let's allow ourselves to trust again that God has been and is and will remain present with and through our own limited selves, graciously providing everything we truly need, actively doing what we truly can't, and unceasingly working all things together for goodness, for Tov, in every aspect of our lives, even in our parenting. And because it's Father's Day, I want to focus on fathers in particular this morning. In preparation for this message, and even since that retreat I told you about in January, I've been thinking a lot about how hard it must be to be a father today. I've been thinking a lot about how hard it is to be a man today for so many reasons. But today, I, I don't sense that the Spirit wants us to focus on the problems and how to fix them or the pain and how to heal it. See, over the past few weeks, as I thought about fathers, it wasn't my mind that was engaging. It was my heart See, what rose in me were not words about you or ways to define you or insights to teach you, but simply deep gratitude for you and what you reveal of God our Father. In Luke 11, 1, Jesus was praying, as he often did, and his disciples must have been with him. Because we're told that when he finished, they asked him to teach them to pray.
7: So it's like, oh.
6: There was obviously something very different about Jesus' relationship with God, his Father. And they wanted that relationship too. And perhaps I like to think that Jesus, when they asked that question, that he smiled and he thought, yes, I was hoping you would ask me that question. So... He told his friends, when you pray, say, our Father. And you know what? Just those two words were revolutionary. The disciples had no no doubt heard Jesus refer to his Father before. They'd heard him pray, my Father, before. But wait, God's their Father, too? Seriously, they must have been stunned in that moment, to say the least. So after Jesus teaches them the Lord's Prayer, he goes on and immediately tells them a parable to clarify things for them. Um, in, In Luke 11, he also said to them, imagine that one of you has a friend And you go to that friend in the middle of the night. Imagine saying, friend, loan me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. Imagine further that he answers from within the house, don't bother me, the door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I assure you, Even if he wouldn't get up and help because of his friendship, he will get up and give his friend whatever he needs because of his friend's brashness. Okay, we're going to stop there for a moment because we need a bit of background here. What is Jesus talking about? Well, in ancient Israel, hospitality was more than good manners. It was a moral obligation. It was a mitzvah, which is a uh, Hebrew word that means commandment. It was a commandment. And that commandment was drawn from their shared experience of being strangers themselves in the land of Egypt. You know, just like we count on there being a, a fast food drive through or a gas station convenience store open when we're far from home in the middle of the night, Travelers in ancient Israel didn't have any of that. They counted on the kindness of friends and strangers no matter when they arrived at their doors. And remember, Jesus is teaching them about prayer. But he's not focusing on their moral or legal obligations. That's how prayer was understood at the time. You pray at these set times, you pray these certain set prayers, and you'd better do it because this is what you owe to God. And if you don't, well, you never know what bad things might happen. No. He's not focusing on their moral or legal obligation. He's appealing to their hearts. He's appealing to the relational bond of friendship. Three times he's inviting them to imagine, imagine how they would feel if one of their friends appeared at their door in the middle of the night needing hospitality, and they didn't have any food to give. Of course, Jesus says, wow, you would remember, if you were the one standing there, you'd remember your your other friend down the street, and you'd go... And you trust him to loan, and it doesn't notice, it doesn't say give me bread, just loan me some. He was, well, I've got this other friend down the street, and I, I can trust that friend to loan me some bread. And Jesus is saying, how would you feel if you went to that friend and you were refused? He had the right to refuse. He wasn't. This wasn't a stranger at his door. This wasn't a weary traveler at his door. The hospitality laws didn't apply. He had no obligation to go out of his way. And Jesus is saying, how would you feel if you go to your friend in need and hear, don't bother me, go away? He's got their hearts. See? And then Jesus reminds them, this broken-hearted friend, oh yeah, he has another relationship that's going to guarantee he can get the bread that his weary, hungry friend needs. He can make a lot of noise, banging on that door and shouting his appeal for bread so everyone in the larger community will hear him. But we've got to remember, everybody in that village was very likely in bed. It was night. And the houses were close together in villages. So, if someone started knocking loudly at your door and shouting about needing bread for a weary traveler, you'd be out of bed in a minute (laughs) and down the steps and give him whatever he wanted just to make him stop shouting. Because your reputation's on the line, you don't wanna be shamed. If Jesus would have stopped there, yep, they would have been with him. That's not the point. He's saying, imagine you're in the situation. Why? Because he's not appealing to moral obligation and law. He's appealing to something else. He's appealing to the heart so he doesn't stop there. He's clarifying for them what prayer really is. And he wants them to see that God is nothing like that uncaring friend. So Jesus goes on to describe who our Father truly is. He says this in verse 9, And I, and there in Greek, it's emphatic, it's stated, I, even I, I tell you. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks, finds. To everyone who knocks, the door is opened. And again, this is radical. Jesus is insisting here that God hears and answers everyone's prayers, not just the ones who are legalistically keeping the law. Why? Everyone's prayers, even those who aren't Jewish. Why? Because relationship with God is not based in legalism. It's based in love. This is the point that Jesus is trying to get across. If your friend treated like that, it would break your heart. That's... the God's heart breaks. And Jesus goes on. Which father among you would give a snake to your child if the child asked for a fish? If a child asked for an egg... What father would give the child a scorpion? If you who are evil, and it's interesting because the the word there, again, it, it comes from a root word that means poor, in anguish, weary from toil. If you who are poor and anguished and weary know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, give the giver of all gifts to those who ask him? See, Jesus knew that earthly friends and family can let us down. He's talking to some people right there, his disciples, some of the friends listening to him in that moment were going to let him down. But Jesus also knew that the love of our perfect Heavenly Father never would let us down. So Jesus is acknowledging the limitations of love in imperfect human relationships and yet he's also recognizing that the reflection of our good heavenly father can still be seen through the imperfect love of human fathers. Even if it's shining through a whole lot of cracks. Like I said, I've been thinking a lot over these months and this these weeks about fathers thought about my biological father who was not a good father and there were many reasons for that but what's important this morning is that God knew this and did not leave me fatherless i've always known what a tove what a good father is because my biological father taught me what a not tove father was like And because even though I didn't even know he existed, my good, good heavenly father gave me so many other good, good, non-biological fathers. Our father was never without a witness, a reflection in my life. Because so many good men were willing to love and protect and provide for me and my brother and my mother. And although there, was a lot, although there was a lot of pain that needed to be healed in me, in many ways, do you know what? All of this made me even more grateful because none of these men were obligated to do anything for us. Men like my grandfather, the son of an impoverished, of impoverished Austrian immigrants, who in eighth grade quit school threw his alcoholic father out of the house and did the most menial, dirty work to help support their large family. And then later, to protect and provide for his daughter and two grandchildren. And he never complained. He hardly ever spoke with words. But to this day, my grandfather's strong, quiet, adoring presence remains one of the surest evidences in my life that there is a God because he gave me grandpa. Then there was his son, my uncle, my godfather, who protected us in ways I never knew until decades later. I didn't find out stuff until I was even in my 40s or my 50s, because I started asking different questions. Like the time when the small-time mobster my bio dad owed a ton of money to showed up at our apartment to threaten my mother to pay up, or those two kids playing in the yard won't be playing there much longer. And my 17-year-old uncle, when he heard about it, went on his own to that guy and took care of the debt. And two years after the necessary divorce, another father stepped into my life, who not only loved and married my mother, but loved me and my brother so much he adopted us and gave, him, gave us his name. And dad's been there for me for 60 years, this year. And at 87, he's still going strong. Is he perfect? Nope. <laughs> I will, but, you know, I, I will simply never get over the wonder that this imperfect man was always there when I needed him. Did anything I ever asked him and lots of stuff I never asked, and love me unconditionally, no matter what. See, there's not enough time this morning to tell you about what it's been like to watch my son grow into one of the wisest, kindest fathers I have ever seen, not only as a human father, but as a spiritual one. Or what it's been like to walk for 20 years with my spiritual director, Glenn, who's been a true spiritual father to me. I've been remembering so many friends and brothers and brothers who are closer than brothers, including so many of you, who've been there with kindness and respect, with a smile or a hug and really good advice when I needed it fixing heat pumps and installing faucets and hanging lights and ceiling fans. And, you know, even a small army of you came 12 years ago with hammers and nails to put a literal roof over my head. And beginning that night, 12 years ago, I remember it. And every night since, I go to sleep knowing that the shingled banner over me is love. See, what all of our good fathers who take, and, and what of all of our good fathers who take care of this house, not just those of you who've helped me with my house, what about this one, right? So many good fathers who take care of this house so the family of God can be here together, season in, season out, rainstorm in, rainstorm out, leaking ice, every, all of it, parking lots, all of it. See, I know what a tow Father is because of all these and so many other perfectly imperfect men who have been such imperfectly perfect reflections of God our Father. The good, good Father that Jesus describes in this parable and others. The good, good Father, our Father, who is someone you can count on to be there, not only when it's convenient, but especially when it's not. Someone whose door is always open when you knock. And who will even go out in the darkest night to find you when you're lost. Or if you intentionally leave, will never lose hope of seeing you again. And when he does, will welcome you home with a smile on his face and tears in his eyes. Someone who offers not only physical bread when he has it, but also a comforting hug or a strong shoulder to cry on when the need is greater than he can meet in that moment. A Tov father, our father, is someone who stands with you no matter what, no matter where, and whose very presence assures you that somehow it really is going to be okay. A good father offers you an egg or a fish, not a snake or a scorpion. Because he loves you so much, he wants what's best for you, even if sometimes it might not look or feel like that to you. (laughs) See, This is the good father whom Jesus knew, who he wants his disciples and everyone in the whole world to know. This is the good father to whom Jesus prayed and to whom he wants his disciples and yes, everyone in the whole world to pray. Our father, Jesus said, who is in heaven, meaning that he's greater than our deepest earthly needs. Holy is your name, meaning that he is honorable. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it, is, as it is in heaven, meaning he's always with us, accessible here and now. Give us this day our daily bread because he's dependable and trustworthy. We pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us because He's merciful and compassionate. Do not bring us into unbearable testing, but rescue us from evil. We can pray that because He is wise and protective. Today we celebrate with gratitude our Heavenly Father and our earthly fathers too. And you know, I've shared some of my memories but it's not enough because we'd love to hear some of yours too so that we can honor the countless ways our Father God is reflected through earthly fathers of all kinds. So if as I've been talking this morning, memories are starting to come of fathers in your life of whatever kind, in whatever way. Would you please just... Put up your hand. We do this often. But you know what? More and more, I think that sermons should be conversations instead of one-way communication. So if you have a story you'd like to tell of the way you've been fathered, just put up your hand. Share some of your memories. The mic will come to you.
8: My father was a man who did not feel like he was a... How do I say, how do I say this? He didn't have a real good self-image. No. He was not someone who said, you know, I'm, I like myself. I'm someone who can do things. But he, he was. He was someone who could do things. And he was a man who loved God. He was a man who loved his family, and he was a man who loved others. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in the days when people could still work on their cars, you know, you can't do much anymore. (laughs) There were oftentimes cars in our driveway, (laughs) not our cars, someone else's car. And, you know, he would be fixing their cars.
2: Mm
8: -hmm. Um, And he's, you know, like all fathers, he was not perfect. He was imperfect. But he loved us. He loved me. And my girls knew that he loved them.
2: Yeah.
8: And I am who I am because I him. Yeah.
6: Thanks, Rick. Thanks.
7: My father um, gave me the gift of laughter, and he died in Florida. That's where they lived um, mm-hmm. uh, as my parents got older, and I got to see him one last time in the hospital, um, and my mother shared the story with me that he said to the nurses, let Joni in first. She makes me laugh. Oh, so he mm-hmm. actually said that um to the nurses uh, as my brothers and sisters all went down to see him. Yeah. And I imagine him up in heaven um, looking down through um, all the um, trials and tribulations mm-hmm. my daughter and I share right now in our lives. And he, he looks at us and says, look, she's still smiling. She's Aww. still laughing. And I gave her that.
9: Oh, how
6: beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I love how that story ties in with the parable, open the door, you know, to you. Open the door and let her in. She makes me laugh. Oh, and your dad's right there. You're going to talk in front of him. You guys have no idea. You have no idea. First off, I want to thank my daddy for being a godly man. Yeah.
4: Who, when I was unlovable and unsaved,
2: he was there and showed me God's
6: love. He showed you how to love and be loved, too, right? Thank you, Daddy. Yeah. Thanks, Donna. Thank you. Yeah.
10: Hi, Chantel. <laughs> Hi, Chantel. Um, my dad taught me patience. And it was a really weird way of teaching a person patience, but my mom and dad divorced when I was a bit young, so I didn't actually get to see them as a married couple, but we had visitations. So every two weeks I'm with dad. Every I live with my mom, so every two weeks I'm with dad. And my mom didn't particularly like us Being with our father, she tried to, like, keep us away. But my dad would always say, be patient. One day you'll be 18 and you'll be able to choose a relationship with me. You know, so he he taught me to be patient. So just because outside Mm -hmm. forces were Mm -hmm. trying to keep us apart, he didn't, like, push. He never bashed my mother. He never um, disrespected her. But he was just like, look. Be patient, you know. And so I'm very grateful that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very grateful that he showed up and he encouraged us to be patient. So now we have the relationship we have now. Yes.
6: Yes. Thank you, Chantal. That's beautiful. And again, it ties in with the parable that Jesus was saying, because the Greek here is knock. Keep on knocking and keep on knocking and keep on knocking. Ask and keep on asking and keep on asking and keep on It's the idea of the persistence of learning how to wait well for the good gifts, right, that God our Father has for us. Beautiful. Thank you. Maybe one more. Okay should have known better, but baby dedication and all was, we're having
9: a well-rounded morning. Um, my dad was a farmer,
2: mm-hmm.
9: and I was the sixth of nine children, so he always had plenty to do. <laughs> my mom did a lot of gardening, so we had plenty of food and all that. We were well taken care of, well loved. He took us to church, but he wasn't a teacher-type person. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I came across just last week when I went through a box of books in my basement was an old autograph book. Now, those young people don't know what autograph (laughs) books are. But when I was in elementary school, you had all your friends sign a little autograph in this book, and I still had mine. and I didn't remember I did. But the thing I remembered as soon as I saw that autograph book is what my dad wrote in it. And he wrote in the verse that there's no greater joy that my children walk in, in the love of God in peace. And that's a verse I'll always remember. Not that I heard him talk about it, but because he wrote it one time. Right.
6: Oh, my gosh. And look at the emotion <laughs> and the depth of what that means to you even all these many years later. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for sharing. Um, Prayer, parenting, all of it, right? It's all about relationship, not obligation. This is what Jesus is trying to get across to his disciples then and and to us now. It's about love, you know, not burdensome doing. It's about imperfection, not impossible. Perfection. So, how about today, starting with the fathers and expanding to all the rest of the fathers and out to the rest of us. How about this morning we let go of that damaging myth that any of us can or needs to be perfect? We do not. That is a lie. Instead, let's embrace our God-given
7: limitations,
6: trusting that even when we fail, it's not the end of the story. Because even our failures can offer grace, and hope, and freedom, and the deepening of love. I read an inspiring story this week about Sarah Blakely's father. Now, Sarah Blakely is the founder of the Spanx Shapewear Company. I saw her on Shark Tank a couple of times, because I kind of like that show. Anyway, she tells a story about how her father actively encouraged her brother and her to fail. Routinely, like weekly, he would ask them, what did you fail at this week? And if they said nothing, he would express disappointment to them. And no matter what they said they tried, especially if they failed at it, he'd high-five them, and he'd say, way to go. (laughs) She talks about how she didn't get it really, but over time, she began to understand that her father didn't want her to be a failure. He wanted to redefine failure as growth. He communicated to them, to her, that failure's found in not trying. Failure is being afraid to make a mistake. Failure is being paralyzed by perfectionism to the point where you're unwilling to take any kind of a risk or chance on life itself or even on God, we would add. Blakely's Tova father wanted her to live a life in which she would not only try, but keep on trying. Or like we just said, as Jesus encouraged, keep on knocking, keep on asking, trusting that even when all else fails, we have a good father who never will, but will always be there answering our call and opening the door. Even if the outcome takes a bit more time to outwork practically than we might like. But you know what? Sometimes that time is needed, like Chantal was sharing. Sometimes time is needed along with some healthy waiting. Because God may actually want to give us more or differently than what we're asking for. And in those times, it may feel like God's ignoring us. But again, our good Father never does that. Although he may allow us to keep on asking and persevering in prayer. Why? Because the gift he has for us is actually bigger than the one that we want or even the one we can receive. In the fourth century, Augustine was once asked the question, and it's a great question, why when we call out, when we pour ourselves out to God in prayer, are we so often met with silence? Augustine's response, why? That you might be inspired to persevere in prayer and therefore allow your heart to expand so you can receive the gift God wants to give you. See, we're often willing to settle for gifts that are way smaller. So that tension, that waiting, sometimes that pressure, that silence even, sometimes is the very thing that expands our heart so that it's large enough to receive the gift God has for us. Does that make sense? I see the Grinch's heart growing three sizes bigger right now. Well, I, I think what do we say this morning? Thank you. Thank you, good, good heavenly father for perfectly answering our call in the ways that are best and most loving for us and thank you good good earthly fathers all of you for imperfectly answering our calls and being such loving reflections of god for us all and as we get ready to close let's watch one final video (laughs)
2: <laughs> Dad? Dad. Dad! Daddy! Dad?
5: Dad. Dad.
6: Thank you for answering the call. And we thank our Father, our good, good Father, for always answering the call. But today, as we close, just ask you, all of you earthly dads of all kinds, receive this closing blessing for Father's Day from us and from God. Today we pray for dads, new dads, dads, granddads, stepdads, adoptive dads, and solo dads, baldy ones, beardy ones, skinny ones, and cuddly ones, dads who tell bad jokes, and dads who dance to YMCA, dads who know how to fix things, and dads who just pretend, (laughs) father to the fatherless, we pray for those for whom this day is sadder than it is happy. Those who feel they've failed. Those who are grieving children they never had. Those missing their dads or their children even more than usual. Father God in a world where some dads are distant, absent or even abusive, we lean into your ever-present love. You are faithful, especially to those of us orphaned, abandoned, and hurt. We trust the promise of your word that even if my father abandons me, the Lord, our good father, will hold me close. Father of comfort, heal our wounds. Please restore the dignity and integrity of fatherhood in this nation. And finally, Lord, for all poor souls everywhere who forgot that today is Father's Day, we ask you to bless them in your abundant grace and manifold mercy with the discovery of chocolate and half-decent cards and surprisingly well-stocked convenience stores along the way. (laughs) And all the children of our Father God said, Amen. Be blessed, dads. Thank you. Have a wonderful Father's Day.